Let's go. Here we go. Welcome back. Week one is in the books. Let's go. Presented by Hertz, the great Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz, what do you think? Week one behind us. Oh, man, it was such an exciting week, Jim. I mean, the NFL never disappoints me. Interceptions, missed kicks, bad play calls. I mean, you name it, we had it this week, and I'm looking forward to talking it over with you. Seems like midseason form already. Hey, did you know that Hertz has the largest EV rental fleet in North America? Get your next Let's Go moment the electric way today. Visit Hertz.com slash EV to learn more. Hertz, let's go. Fitz, let's go. Let's start it off. Uh, Just really unfortunate news for the Dallas Cowboys. They went out there and stunk up the joint. Uh, Did not play good football in their home opener. Uh, Tampa Bay dominated the game. Uh, We just talked a lot about that with Tom. But the Cowboys and Dak Prescott now find themselves in a a real bad situation because his thumb is going to require surgery going to cause him to miss significant time. So a poor performance just got a lot worse. Well, you know what? They did not play that poorly on defense. They did a really good job of holding and limiting Tampa to a lot of field goals. Uh, They kept their team in the game, but, you know, they have got to find some continuity. Uh, Tampa did a great job of making it uncomfortable for Dak in the the pocket. They weren't able to establish the run to be able to make them not be one-dimensional. And, you know, it it was tough to watch, Jim, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, losing Dak is just insult to injury. They they have have a lot of questions that need to be answered there right now. Is their season over before it starts? Jim, I wouldn't say the season's over, but, you know, I don't know if the name Cooper Rush, um, you know, floods you with a lot of confidence. You know, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball. But, um, you know, the season's definitely not over. You know, they, they just have to rally around him, give him, give him the, the opportunities that he needs, you know, kind of shorten the offensive play calls and be able to get him in things that he's comfortable with and, you know, be able to find his playmakers. But the season's not over. Now, conversely, Tampa looks like a really good team. It looks like their defense is back intact. Uh, so many guys hurt last year. Uh, the offensive line, uh, we saw Tom get after uh, the center there, uh, gave him an earful, uh, and then I saw him come over and try and shake his hand at the end of the game, and Tom shook his hand and patted him, so <laughs> he walked away seemingly pretty happy. Uh, but the offensive line has some holes. Uh, Tom missed a few passes, and... Uh, so everybody who's having an overreaction uh, of the teams that have fallen in week one, uh, are we having an overreaction by thinking that Tampa's a world beater right now? No, they showed that they can go out and they can go on the road and win tough games. And they did it in a nice physical fashion. And they were able to run the football. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Fournette was able to get downhill and be productive and physical like he has been. And, and Tom was able to pick him apart. You know, the only thing that's concerning is losing Godwin, you know, with that hamstring. You don't know how long he's going to be down. But Julio looked very effective, you know, going down the field, making plays. Mike Evans did a phenomenal job. I'm really excited about where they are and, and the style of football they play in week one. So what's the rush to bring a guy back? Godwin coming off the ACL. We hear all week he's not in pads, hasn't done much during training camp. Things are progressing well. You put him right out there in a game, hasn't played in a long time, and boom. You know, on a routine play, really, uh, pulls the hamstring. Why not just wait until guys are at full strength? And this isn't a criticism of Bowles or the trainers or his physical conditioning, but why not just wait until a guy says, you know what? I'm totally where I think I should be as opposed to all of these clearances. And then you put him out there and boom, now he's, now he's gone again. 
Jim, I think he was ready to play. He, he physically was prepared. He, he had practiced. He hadn't been tackled, obviously, um, since last year, but he was physically ready to go. I mean, hamstrings happen. It's early in the season. Nobody can play in the games. You can't simulate the workload that you're going to have in the games, the intensity, um, just getting loose, going to locker rooms, halftime adjustments, things of that nature. You get you get loose and you get cold. I mean, that's part of the game. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's banged up, but I don't think they made a bad decision by playing him. If he was clear by the doctors, he understood what he was doing. I mean, it's inherent risk in going out there and playing. I think they did the right thing of trying to get him back out there. He didn't play every single snap, um, and but they tried to work him back in, and unfortunately, he just got banged up. But hopefully it's not a, a long-term injury. He'll be back in a couple of weeks and be able to ready to, to do what he's always been, a consistent uh, playmaker for Tom. And talk about banged up. Uh, the Packers' ego today is beyond bruised. Uh, they got manhandled by the Vikings and Aaron Rodgers, not happy after the game, uh, went right back to preparation issues, um, saying guys not knowing uh, really what they're supposed to do and making mental mistakes. That was a bad performance. And we saw at the beginning of last year. So obviously this is one of 17 games, but that's not what anybody had in mind. No, they didn't. Um, and I think it just underscores how valuable it is to be able to have a consistent playmaker like they did in Devontae Adams. Um, these young players didn't have the luxury of having veteran leaderships to be able to watch and be able to see how they practice and see how they uh, pay attention to the details. They didn't they didn't have that luxury. And to even add more insult to injury, the, the, the offensive line play, he was uncomfortable and under duress the entire game. He was hit. Um, they caused him to fumble the ball. I mean, he, it, it, he just looked very uncomfortable back there. He didn't trust what the guys were running. He didn't trust his offensive line. And that's a poor combination for an offensive player. When you have a quarterback who is throughout training camp and now after the first game targeting specific guys, not by name, but because their actions on the field or on the practice field have led him to this, Christian Watson, everybody drops a ball. You've dropped a ball before. Very, 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 very few. Um, and you really don't need to be told, but that's a game-changing type of thing. And is that mental preparation? Is that nerves? What causes that? Well, it definitely was nerves. I mean, he's playing in his first game. Um, he's wide open, you know, on the road and division opponent. I mean, like that's uh, that's a very nervous play, one that you expect him to make, but it's one that you're nervous to make. And, um, you know, it, it kind of just took the win out of their sails. It was early in the first quarter. It's a play that really would have got your offense going in the right direction. It would have changed the momentum. Definitely, you know, just build the confidence in a way that no other play can. And, um, you know, it, it, it was demoralizing. You can see it on all the players on the on the sidelines faces. Obviously, Aaron was frustrated and it really hurt the kids confidence as well. We should point out that Alan Lazard didn't play. He lost receiver one, two, three and four during the offseason. And the defense was atrocious. There's a lot of issues here, but uh, it's it's not like he's had the weapons that he's had in the past. And this is going to be a, a steep, steep learning curve, and it's going to have to be done in a hurry. Uh, there's trouble in River City there. There is some trouble. That's, that, that's what it looks like, um, Jim. I mean, when I was watching the defense, Jefferson was running free. I mean, he's the best player on the field, and he's literally running wide open on crossing routes. And uh, I, I, I couldn't understand it, you know, from a defensive coordinator's perspective. How can you let the one guy that you can't let beat you beat you the way he did, especially in the first half? Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald right here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, you just can't stop banking on or off the field. 
Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can'tstopbanking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC. Well, it was a powerful confrontation that took place between the Steelers and the Bengals. A big division game right there off the bat. Goes to overtime, the Steelers win. But do they win, Larry? Uh, Losing T.J. Watt and uh, Najee Harris. Great to get the victory, but if they could do it all over again, I'm sure they would rather not have had this game played. Well, Jim, I mean, it's hard to recover when you lose a player, the reigning defensive player of the year. They're saying he's got a torn pectoral muscle, which will take him out for the entire season. Um, you just can't replace that type of productivity. Um, the Steelers' defense did a, did a did a great job of you know forcing multiple turnovers, but you know it's going to be tough to, tough to overcome that. And, and Najee is a big part of that offense. Um, you know, I, I would agree with you. They they won the battle, but they may have lost the war uh, in this. Uh, but Joe Burrow on that side has got to play better. You have to take care of the football. You can't put your team in positions um, like that. And I know he's going to be playing better football, but, you know, just to start off the season at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team who has dominated that division for many years, you, you would love to see a better performance. So the teams that made a statement, the Buffalo Bills came out on Thursday night against the Los Angeles Rams. The home team hangs the banner. They finally bring a championship to Los Angeles in a brand new stadium. Not since the Raiders left here uh, all the way back. They left in the 90s, but they won a championship in Los Angeles back in, in the 80s, early 80s. All this momentum going. Basically, everybody's uh, on this team uh, pretty healthy now, ready to go. Of course, Von Miller isn't there. Uh, Odell Beckham isn't there. Changes do occur with the Rams, but the Bills are the story because the Bills came out there and they dominated them mentally, physically, and electronically in terms of the scoreboard. So it was it was it was an amazing display. It really was, Jim. And you, you got to tip your hat to Josh Allen. I mean, he's really taken that step, Jim. Um, you know, to be able to do it with his feet, um, the physicality he displays on his runs, the, the pinpoint accuracy on his passes, the, the jubilation uh, and enthusiasm he 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 plays with. You know, his teammates feed off of it. Um, it, it was so exciting to watch him on that stage, really kind of just coming into his own. Uh, and on defense, the, the Rams gave up seven sacks. Stafford was uncomfortable all day. Von Miller, you know, with the big contract from the Bills, came out and showed exactly why he is who he is, a former uh, NFL Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he was dominant as well. And, um, you know, the the Bills are like they're off and running. We often talk about guys going back and playing against their former teammates and and is it an advantage and years are different and everything. Seems to me that Von, Von Miller knew exactly what the Rams were doing all the time and used it to a great advantage. Is that because we're so early into the season and he left there, you know, just such a short time ago? Because usually those things can't spill over in in the fashion that they do. But in this instance, it did. Well, Jim, you you think about he's he's going against and and rushing, you know, against a guy. He he knows his tendencies. He knows his strengths. He knows what he's going to try to do to neutralize him. And that gives you a a huge advantage when when you're going in there, obviously playing with the lead and knowing that they're in obvious passing situations. You can pin your ears back and go hunt. I mean, that gives you also, you know, some 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 extra gas. But um, I did think the Buffalo Bills did a great job of game planning. Cooper Cup was like he was he was amazing. He did what he always does. But they were able to kind of neutralize everybody else. Um, and, you know, Cam Akers, I mean, he, he he didn't really make any plays. I mean, they did a really, really good job of making him one-dimensional. If you're the Rams this morning on Overreaction Monday, 
How concerned are you? Because this is set now over the weekend, and this this can't be settling well. No, it definitely can't be. Um, you know, but first thing I'll be doing, I'll be calling calling to check on Andrew Whitworth and see if he wanted to come back. You know, make make an offer <laughs> that he might not be able to refuse because they have to fix the woes on the offensive line. Um, they just didn't look like they could do much, you know, against Buffalo's pass rush. I mean, seven sacks is a lot to give up, you know, opening the season. I guess the only thing good for the Rams this weekend is that the 49ers had to play in a monsoon and they lost. And the Cardinals look atrocious. We'll find out much more about the Seahawks, but uh, seemingly this division uh, is is got a lot of issues. I guess that, that oh, maybe may make the Rams feel a little bit better. Yeah, that might be the silver lining. Um, obviously, you know, you didn't play the way you wanted to, but when you look around the division, everybody else, you know, got beat, and, and you got to wait for what the Seahawks do against the Denver Broncos. But um, based on what we saw in Chicago and based on what we saw in Arizona, I think it gives you a lot of hope as a Rams fan. Let's talk about Arizona. I know you're reluctant uh, because of your close ties, uh, being Mr. Arizona, Mr. Phoenix, Mr. Lovable. Everybody uh, treats you uh with the tremendous respect that you have earned, uh, which puts you in a position where you're not necessarily one to uh, want to speak about your former teammates, but it's kind of necessary now. And uh, besides uh, ESPN this evening and your new role, congratulations, Larry, uh, won't allow you to Thank sidestep you. these questions. They looked awful, and it doesn't look like it, it has the ability to get better anytime soon. The only thing that will get better is they won't be playing the Kansas City Chiefs every week. Well, Jim, you got to look at some of the things that, that, that people aren't talking about. You know, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, your your best player on your team. Um, you, you're missing J.J. Watt, your defensive captain leader, your, and one of the leaders of your defense. You're playing against uh, a perennial power in the Kansas City Chiefs. They did not look good, but the Kansas City Chiefs made them look that way um, because I think they're just that dominant right now. Obviously, there's a lot of questions to be answered with the way the Cardinals performed at home. At a home opener, you know, it, it wasn't the way you want to start your season off. But Kansas City is the story there, in my opinion. Um, you know, they asked a lot of questions about would they be able to replace the production of Tyreek Hill. I don't know if those questions have been answered, but I do know they still have a lot of talent and they can beat you in a plethora of different ways. And Kansas City, it just shows you how prepared and ready they are for everything, Larry. I mean, how about this kicker? This kicker isn't even the kicker. He, The kicker's hurt and this guy's booting it out of the end zone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? Well, I, I had no idea. I'd never seen a skill position player come out and just start booting balls out the back of the end zone like he did. Um, you know, from from what the commentator said, he I guess he played. He, he was a kicker in, in in high school. He played a little soccer. You could tell he was he was banging the ball, you know, deep. And it just shows you how prepared they are for any situation that comes up. And um, you know, it just it lets you know they're they're a contender. They they're gonna be around when the when the when the musical chairs start and the chairs start getting pulled away. They they'll they'll have a seat. And I think the Cardinals have some issues, and I think the issue is going to be at the quarterback position and Kyler Murray, and I think the man has a tremendous amount of talent, but I think it's leadership, and I think there's a tremendous lack of leadership and an inability uh, to, quite frankly, get guys to want to get uh, behind him. And I think it's going to rear its ugly head. He has his payday now, and I think he has a lot of FU in him, and that includes his teammates. But one, the one thing I can say about Kyler is he loves football. He, he loves to compete. 
Um, can he galvanize the guys in his locker room to play hard and, and, and to play with reckless abandonment and, and play the way that you need to play every single Sunday to give your chance, uh, your team a, a chance to win? That's still to be seen. But, you know, he loves to prepare. He's a winner. He's done it in high school. He, he's, he's won in the college level and, and he's won in the professional level. Um, but he needs to be able to really push his teammates and, and be able to build their trust that he has the ability to lead them uh, deep into the playoffs. If he loves to prepare, why did the organization put a clause in his contract that they since have taken out that he had to study a minimum of four hours a week? You were with him. Why would an organization do that if he loves to prepare? Well, I I think they want him to prepare more. Uh, I don't think they were saying he does not prepare, but when you look at the elite guys around the league, you know, you talk to the Peyton Mannings and uh, you talk to the Tom Brady's, the time that they put in um, in the facility, countless hours of of tape watching and staying after practice and running routes and doing whatever is necessary. I I think that's what they were more alluding to. I don't think they were saying that he does not prepare. I think they just want him to prepare more and to be, you know, follow the other great players in the game. Well, the consequence of this is, is that they've damaged Kyler Murray and that Kyler Murray damaged himself by signing it. I mean, you you can say that you can say that or you can also say that he's taken the challenge um, to prove people the wrong that that I am a studier. I I do prepare. I want to be great. I'm willing to take the necessary steps to take that next, um, you know, leap that everybody knows that I have the ability to and that I want myself personally. And I think the onus is on him. Um, You know, he has all the ability, skill set, talent to be able to to be the best in the business. You know, it just comes down to to him. As we close on Kyler Murray last year in a playoff game against the Rams, Buda Baker was laid out on the field. And there was genuine deep concern as to his safety. He could have been in peril. He was taken off on a stretcher. Everybody, and I mean everybody, from both teams ran out onto the field to take a knee and to see what was happening. With the exception of Kyler Murray, who stayed on the end of the bench. If that's the leader of your team, if that's the guy who you think is going to take you to the promised land when everybody else, all 53 players on both teams are out there with the exception of Murray and the backup quarterback who decided to stay with him. So as probably not to embarrass him, but if that's the leader of your team, he's leading you nowhere. You saw it and I saw it. I have a picture of it. That was awful why the organization would give him that kind of money, knowing that that's his temperament and that's his thought process. I just don't see it where it's going to end successfully. I'm not rooting against him. His behavior and his attitude has put him in this position. It's not to say he's not a talent. He is a talent. I would imagine looking back right now, if he could change the way that went down, I bet you he would he would have changed it um, to go out there and, and be with everybody just because of the severity of it and seeing your brother taken off the field in that capacity. So I, I, I know he probably just wasn't thinking about it. He was in the midst of the game um, and, you know, he just didn't do it. But you know, I, I know he loves him and, you know, he definitely wouldn't want anything bad to happen to him. I guess he was the only one who wasn't thinking about it. But the Cardinals are married to Kyler Murray with that huge contract. And our show is brought to you by Kay Jewelers. Make your engagement truly unforgettable 
by custom designing your dream ring with K. Book an appointment with the jewelry expert at K.com or visit your local store and celebrate every kiss with K. So much more love when we return right here on Let's Go. Stay with us. Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald will be back right here on Sirius XM. Hi, this is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow podcast. Now that the NFL season is finally underway, we'll be filling your podcast feeds with three, yes, three fantastic podcasts every week. On Mondays, we'll be reacting to all of the action from the weekend's games. Wednesdays are for a deeper dive into one specific topic. And Fridays, we'll give you a bite-sized episode with all of my various fantasy football thoughts. You can listen to all of these NFL Roadshow episodes on the SXM app or wherever you stream your podcasts. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Larry Fitzgerald. Let's Go is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started back in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA! Hey, Fitz, Lamar Jackson, we saw him uh, handily beat the Jets yesterday, 24-9, to and uh, he threw the ball well, 17 for 30, uh, 213 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, didn't run the ball much, which is uh, uncharacteristic for him, uh, six runs for 17 yards. Are we going to see him running much less because he turned down some $250 million uh, contract? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think so. What's made him great and and a, and a former MVP in the National Football League is that he can beat you with his arm and he can beat you with his legs. The combination of, of them both is what makes him so dynamic. Um, you know, I, I think he wants to become a better passer of the football. Wants to be able to rely more heavily on his arm, but he always has those legs, and that's what makes him so dynamic. The details of this contract are, are coming out uh, that he did not sign. Um, We've talked about the guys who did get a lot of money in the last segment, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, who was just incredible this weekend, kind of led the way with these contracts when he signed his, and and Josh Allen uh, had a terrific day. The long-term nature of the amount of money that Lamar Jackson turned down, he's going to have to change his game because it just doesn't bode well to be running the football like that. And now that he's bet on himself – why would he put himself in peril? Jim, I think first we have to take a step back. We don't know the details of the contract. We, we the, the overall value might be worth $250 million, but we don't know how much guarantees money is in it. We don't know how much of it is guaranteed for skill versus injury. There's so many details that have to be looked at um, and, and understood better before we start, you know, vilifying him for not signing a, a $250 million guarantee. Uh, this is not like it's um, Deshaun Watson's words. All the money's guaranteed. Obviously, that's not what's happening. We have to wait to see what really is in the details of that contract. Obviously, you would love to be able to sign a contract that would guarantee the future generations for years to come. But, you know, he's a competitor. He, he believes he's, he deserves to be paid um, the same money that all the other great quarterbacks in the game has. And, and you can't argue with them based on you know, his record and his accomplishments. And what do you think the Ravens are thinking? 
I think the Ravens are concerned um, based on what we've seen and how he's played and how he's been dominant with running it. The ankle injury last year, the injuries before that have that have come, you know, due to the contact he's taken when he's running, it, le- it leaves you a little bit paused. Um, I mean, based on what we've seen over the years from Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, and all the other quarterbacks that have relied heavily on their running ability, you can throw Cam Newton in that same category. It's very difficult for you to pay, you know, $40 million to a guy that you don't know has long-term viability that can be on the field and produce the way he has over the past few years. And then you see guys who've getting paid money for this year and and there may be outs and and all of these contracts get very, very complicated and we really don't know. Uh, But Derek Carr was atrocious. I mean, the guy threw three interceptions. He fumbled the ball twice. The Chargers have a terrific defense. Big addition by Khalil Mack and to go along with Bosa and the defensive backfield that they have. So he was playing playing against tremendous competition. By the same token, when you pay somebody that amount of money and you're making a commitment to them, you expect a much better performance. You can say it's just one week, but there are a lot of people who would look at this and say, you know, he, he is what he is and he may never get to that promised land. Well, I, I don't know, Jim. I, I think the jury's still out. It's only one week. He played against a team that is really, really good in his division. Um, he made a couple poor throws. He didn't take care of the football when he was getting sacked in the pocket a few times. But I think this is what you've seen over the course of his career is that he has some big blunders, but he has some unbelievable plays, and he has those and will continue to make those. Would you like him to minimize the mistakes that he makes in the game? Absolutely. And that's what you pay franchise quarterbacks to do to make those plays. And I think he'll do a better job of protecting the football because obviously the results they got yesterday are not ones you can live with. Can Josh McDaniels change that? Can a coach change a bad decision made by a player? No, you can help players make better decisions. You know, when, when the reads are easy, guys are getting great separation. It makes it easier. But when, when things are, you know, a tougher, when the defenders are closer and the pass rush is closing in on you, like a lot of those throws yesterday were a little rushed because guys were around him. They were in his lap. He was feeling pressure from inside, feeling pressure from outside. So he's rushing throws and, and throwing them in tighter quarters than he normally would. Um, so you you really have to take in consideration the defense that he plays. If that was playing, if he was playing against a team that was not as good as rushing the passer, and he was more comfortable in the pocket, he could settle his feet and be able to step into some of those throws that he made yesterday. So help the fans because as a fan watching the game, me, I think he's hesitating, and that there is a lack of decision. You're saying it's a rushed throw. Explain the difference. Hesitant would be a guy who is a little gun shy. He might have thrown an interception early in the game uh, and doesn't feel comfortable making a throw that might be outside the numbers a little bit longer and further than than he would like. Rushed is completely different. Is when you see guys get happy feet in the pocket and they they start seeing ghosts, guys around their bodies. They're they're looking at the pass rush as opposed to having their eyes downfield to look at the receivers. I saw a little bit of that, but that was mostly due to the Chargers' pass rush. They were getting after him. Jim Gray, along with Larry Fitzgerald, from tender grilled steaks to decadent desserts and an impeccable wine list, Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse will surpass your expectations by treating you to an extraordinary dining experience. Visit DelFrisco's.com to make your reservations. I'm Jim Gray, along with Larry Fitzgerald. would like to invite all of you to subscribe to our podcast, Let's Go with Larry Fitzgerald, and Let's Go with Tom Brady, wherever you download your podcast. Subscribe today. Give us a five-star rating and listen to us every week if you miss any portion of this broadcast.
Any athlete's going to tell you that it helps to work with an expert. For buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. And Larry, as we continue to unpack just about everything from week one, how do you figure the Indianapolis Colts? It's not a lost game, but it's certainly a lost opportunity tying a Texans team that everybody considers to be, you know, really toward the bottom of the list in the National Football League. Well, Jim, the Houston Texans had a fire sale this offseason. Um, you know, obviously they're planning for future years. And, you know, I just looked at what the Colts did this offseason in terms of improving their team, going and getting a bona fide winner and Matt Ryan, having the best rushing attack and arguably the best offensive line in all the National Football League. You would think this would have been a great warm-up game in their um, you know, parade tour to win in that AFC South, but that, that didn't happen. Um, and you know, they just didn't, they didn't look very good and they, they made, they played well down the stretch to even get that game tied. So it's the end of week one. We've kind of, uh, run the gambit here, but you've been in the locker room for a long time. One of the greatest players in the history of the league. Tell us how the players feel as opposed to the fans. Do they get to this high and are they feeling this low? Do they, know the training camp now behind them and they've come out and laid an egg and, and they think like the season's in peril or, 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 or they've had a great game and they think they're going to the Super Bowl. Where are locker rooms today with all of these emotions? Well, Jim, I, I'll be honest with you, a win in the National Football League just gives you reprieve. It gives you reprieve for a day. That's about it. And when you lose a football game, it's as if you're going to a funeral. Um, it's like the baton death march walking into that locker room, having to see all the long faces, looking at the tape of the mistakes that you made that cost you that game. Um, it, it's it's a terrible, terrible feeling. I, I remember vividly driving to work, thinking about all the things that I did wrong that I need to improve on. And it's going to be exposed to every single person in your locker room. And guys are going to be questioning, you know, if you still have it, all these questions are going through your mind. And so it's it's not a good feeling when you when you come out um, on the losing side. And do you have that same thing with broadcasting? Is it is it sticking in your head all night what you what you thought you should have said on this show? And, and yeah. now you're going to ESPN. Congratulations. We'll be watching you with the game day crew. And uh, is it sticking in your head what you wish you would have said? Um, you know, I, you know, going on here with you, you know, you, you hold me to a high standard, you know, you get on me all the time. People don't see it on camera. They don't hear it on our podcast, but you're always jumping my ass about something. <laughs> Somebody has to, somebody yeah. has to, you know, when you, when, 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 when you lost that discipline of being in the locker room, somebody had to take control and coach Larry Fitzgerald through life because you know what, as great as you are, you still need guidance. None of this would have been possible without you and your friendship over the last 15 years. You know, it means a lot to me. And I know the show has not been easy. You lost your mother this weekend. Um, you know, she's played a pivotal part in your life. And I, I know you're carrying a heavy heart. So we're, we're all thinking about you and love you, man. Thanks, Larry. Uh, she was a great lady. A wonderful mom. And... uh my biggest fan. Uh, she never missed, believe it or not, an interview, a program, or a game. A lot of the time, she didn't even know who was playing and could care less about the outcome. But she uh, she was there. She was there for me and my brothers and all of our family. A terrific wife, uh, a wonderful mom, and just an extraordinary person.
and uh, I will miss her terribly. And I thank you for your kind words. Lorna Gray, age 91, from Denver, Colorado. May God rest her soul. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff, and to our sponsors, Hertz, USAA, Bank of America, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, and Del Frisco's. Let's Go, presented by Hertz. Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will talk to you again next Monday night right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.